showtime! Hey! Hi everyone and welcome for another episode of the Puppet Podcast. Thank you everyone to be there, to supporting us. We just launched our Patreon account. We have our website now. If you want to see mother, uh, more, more interviews, uh, it's just online at thepuppetpodcast.com. Puppet really easy. And the Patreon is the uh, patreon.com dash puppet podcast so just just be uh, comfortable to just go have a look on those things and as we are always on youtube also we release every week some new interview but today tonight for the area of my guests i will go across uh, the atlantic and we we have a giant puppetry i'm i'm working in giant puppetry but He's a specialist in giant building. So I would just bring him in the screen and we will talk about this wonderful art that we share. Please welcome Jake. Hi, Jake <laughs> Yay. Thank you to be part of the podcast. A pleasure. Happy to be here. It's good fun. Yes. So UK, could you could you just bring me more in? I'm I don't know all the geographic of UK, but in which area you are? We are literally in the middle. Um, so it, any, the furthest you could be from the sea in any direction, we're there. Um, <laughs> so we are near Birmingham. Birmingham's the biggest city near us. Um, so about an hour north of London. Um, you could drive to the coast in probably about three hours. Um, but yeah, the, the UK isn't that big. It's not like America. It's not a seven-hour drive or anything. But uh, yeah, we're literally right in the middle. In the middle. And you, you're working your, right now in your studio, in Leviathan Studio like Workshop. And you yes. build giant puppets. Yes, very big puppets. Um, yeah. Uh, I think the biggest we've built is around six meters tall. Um, uh, I'm not sure that is in feet. Um, it's big. Um, yeah. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, big puppets are our our speciality as it were yeah and could you uh, introduce us about your path like how you arrive into puppetry sure um so i i i'm a bit of a mixed background i started off as a performer when i was young um i went to a theater school um till i was about 15 um and trained as a dancer um and i decided i wanted to work in technical theater i thought i was going to be a set designer um i've always liked puppets I've been making puppets since I was like five years old. And in my early teens, I got a bit more serious about it. And I was uh -huh. like, oh, I quite like to work in film maybe and make animatronics and kind of complicated mechanical puppets. Um, and then that kind of, I don't live in California, so that's not really a possibility over here. So I was like, okay, we'll, um, we'll see what's going on and uh, create uh, some interesting puppets out of bits and bobs that we have around. Um, and then I went to university. I studied um, theatre design. Um, uh, oh, you're lagging, I think, Jake. I don't like when it's doing this. After university, I... Oh. There we go. I'm back. Uh, you're yeah, back. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, um, I do, um, when I was at university, I specialized in puppets and, um, I worked with a really brilliant puppet maker and uh, puppet designer there. Um, 
I learned a lot from him. Um, we fought a lot. Um, we weren't, I wasn't the best student. Um, I always wanted to do it my way. He wanted to do it his way. Um, and then from that, I worked as a freelance puppet maker for that part of 10 years. Um, and then I set up my own company at some point foolishly and went, this is a great idea. I'll make puppets for people. And here we are. Um, and I brought in a business partner and what, what was originally quite a small thing suddenly grew to be quite a big thing and it wasn't really planned um but suddenly yeah all big puppets rather than sensible things that i can work on um that are straight yeah. in front of my face <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah it's amazing because i saw it on your website and people be like really free to go to have a look i think i could put it on the chat and like it's amazing you have done puppet for katy perry for like a lot yeah. of celebrity yeah we do we've done some fairly high profile ones um the katy perry ones were a lot of fun um they were it was time was tight on it let's say that way um uh it, you know there wasn't a lot of time um we we were probably on that project for five days end uh -huh. to end um because they were um originally in just sending you a link to our show yeah. so you can share that to people so yeah that, um they can see all the big puppets and stuff um yes. but um yeah we um we got asked on the sunday night um i was at my parents house not in the workshop uh, my business partner was here we got a phone call saying these things have been built they've been built not as well as we would like them and they they're unwearable um can you step in? Um, and so we did. Um, and I got in a car in Oxford, went straight to the studio in London where they were rehearsing, saw them. We worked on them uh, solidly till they went on stage um, and rebuilt and redesigned the whole lot. Um, and that was the Wednesday or Thursday night. It was it was pretty intense. Wow. Um, but um, but yeah, it was a fantastic project to do. Um, you know, the biggest problem with them when they when they came to us is they weighed about 70 kilos, um, maybe a little more, and they're oh. four meters tall, and all the weight was at the top. So you just they just wanted to go over. And I arrived in rehearsals and they had people holding the puppeteers into them so they didn't feel <laughs> over. Um, so yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty intense. Um, and we did it very fast. Um, but it's it's, you know, having a great team kind of makes that possible. Um, I'm very lucky that we have some really good puppet specialists in the area, um, both on a mechanical side and kind of foam fabrication. All these kind of people just kind of pulled together and it uh -huh. happened. Um, and yeah, I feel very lucky to have done that one. It was a lot of fun. And then we did the rest of the tour for Katy Perry um, till, uh, yeah, till about a year later, the last thing we did for it was actually on the world tour we sent some stuff over and then we washed our hands of it <laughs> we were done um, um but yeah so generally speaking it's big puppets um could be figures could be animals um they get quite big uh, <laughs> yes and it's it's funny because it's international you can build puppet and just ship it and it's yeah. in us and it's touring and yeah, it, 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 it's, I really like that part of it. Um, there was a point, it's about three years ago, I think, where we realized that 
we'd done a huge amount of work in kind of a five week period and we'd sent all the work out and we sat down and we suddenly realized that we had work on five continents and we were like oh okay oh oh that happened i'm very tired now um <laughs> and that's you know that's kind of how you feel about it because you know you want you just want to do your best and keep working and keep going and deliver the best work you can um and i suppose for us it's a bit different because we don't keep anything you know we yeah. once once a job is done for us we package it we ship it and it's gone um and we may never see it again um some we will go out and repair and fix and we have contracts to do that other ones we'll never yeah. see again and they just <laughs> disappear and that's it and it, it, part of that's fun part of that's exciting you know they don't send you a little picture look i still alive every every now and then and when we um when we went and the last time we caught up with katie perry's team uh, me and my business partner we went to london and we just went down to go say hi have a beer and chill out and the puppets that we had built for the brit awards have been repurposed and their heads have been taken off and the hands have been changed and they were still in the show um they just didn't look anything like what they looked like a year before um so yeah but katie perry keeps everything she has a massive warehouse that is just full of stuff so the massive lion that michael curry made for her for the super bowl she yeah. still has that um she wanted to tour with it but it's too big it's massive yeah. like nine meters long it's huge um yeah that's so interesting I, I want to ask you about like why what made the art of puppetry an art that you cherish oh tricky one um yeah so there's two parts to what i like about puppetry um one is as a puppeteer i have I, it's been a while since i puppeteered a show but i used to um puppeteering your relationship with the puppet i love that's it's a really intimate thing um with an inanimate object so yeah. um uh you just build this weird relationship and you take something that is inanimate and you bring life to it you're in control of its breath its emotions its thoughts everything is something that you are in control of and then the other side of that is watching a really good puppeteer bring life to an inanimate object and that moment where you see something that has just been a pile on the floor suddenly start to lift up and come to life that's you know it's a really beautiful kind of intimate moment um almost kind of visceral um and it, uh -huh. i love it i that's my favorite bit and it whilst what we do is big there's still that moment where you get that kind of yeah <laughs> harness everyone in get them you know into their giant backpack puppet and then suddenly it kind of breathes and it comes alive and it's it's on stage and it makes an entrance and then the audience suddenly see that and there's this kind of there's this process that happens before the audience open their eyes and get to see it it all yeah. there's this whole thing that happens i i suppose it's part of what i like about theater in general is there is a huge amount of work that happens to make one very simple thing happen and you go ah oh, It's an elephant, lovely. <laughs> But it's taken three months to get to that point. Um, and yeah. I think I love that. I think it's really strange and it's it's unique. Like every, we were saying before, we, you know, we, we started this, you know, every culture has its own version of puppetry and it's all different 
and it's all unique, but it all shares that moment of, okay, here's something we've worked really hard to create. Let's watch it come alive. And I, I love that. I think it's really special. Yes, I like this answer. It's, it's really life and death philosophy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I suppose it is a bit. <laughs> and I want to go back in the past and ask you, like, how and when your crush for puppetry happened? I was young. Um, I got the bug young. Um, my, uh, yeah, this is one. My parents have lots of embarrassing photos of me uh, oh, yeah? when I'm like six or seven. Um, and I've made a puppet out of bits of newspaper. And I, I was a very making child. Like I loved making stuff. Um, my poor parents had to put up with that. I burnt holes in the carpet. I spilt paint across my bedroom floor. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I destroyed my room as a kid because I was always making stuff. And, you know, and I suppose, yeah, puppets are some of the earliest things I'd have, I'd have made out of, you know, bits of dowel and stuff that I had kicking around and or at my nursery. And I kind of put them together. And I think I suppose I probably started thinking seriously about it around about 13 or so. Um, but it was still very much a making thing for me mm -hmm. at that point. I. You know, I wanted to make cool things and I wanted to make things that, um, you know, I found interesting. Um, and I would, you know, I would pour over books and I would pour over, um, there used to be a, um, a special effects magazine um, uh, called SFX, I think, maybe, uh -huh. um, and or Dreamscape or something like that. And it had, you know, articles about Jim Henson and um, his version of uh, Pinocchio, um, which probably came out when I was about, I don't know, I was quite young. Uh, but I remember reading it and they had pictures of the animatronic whale with five guys in blue around it, moving it around on a blue screen. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. How do they do that? Um, and I've always very much been a how do they do that kind of person. And I think that's where my love of puppetry came from, is it's taking materials and ideas and stuff and turning it into something that can perform um uh yeah so yeah i got the bug really young um so yeah probably seriously about 13 but i you know i we uh, do you have scouts where you are um when i was a kid we used to go to like scouts um which is like a you know, like cub scouting um for little kids and little boys and stuff and you go and you you do little shows every now and then and i brought a puppet in a toy store um, and made it do a dance um, because that was the only thing I could think to do. Um, and it was this big purple furry thing that was on like a marionette controller. Um, they were really popular in the 90s. I've yeah. never seen them ever since, but they were really popular then. Um, and I had one of them and I loved it and it came everywhere with me. I was one of those children. Um, <laughs> so very young. I was very young when I Got obsessed that's great and i have like someone like mura ask a question so i will bring it i discovered this new function yesterday i can bring the question of the public into the screen oh, lovely. So okay. here and i think you have a typo but are you uh are your puppet hydraulically operate or do you get a puppeteer or a mime to operate it um ours are not hydraulic um, so we, we have lots, lots of ways that we do it. Um, 
uh, we build big counterweight systems. Um, uh, so uh, I think you're probably thinking of either the, if you've seen our works, either the Pegasus or the Dragon. Um, the Dragon is counterweighted. Um, it's, um, it's actually incredibly light. It's deceptive. Um, the puppet's head is nine foot from front to back, um, mm. but it's made of carbon fiber. So it weighs five kilos. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so whilst it looks massive and really impressive, it weighs nothing. Um, and the entire boom arm that that's on only has 20 kilos of weight in the back end to wow. balance the whole thing. It's very light, it's very user-friendly. Um, we do use electrical kind of type motors and stuff so we use um uh servo driven motors um for things like our pegasus that's all servo driven um and the the boom on that which um is the boom for that it's kind of like a big seesaw and it just does that but uh -huh. it's by um two very very large electrical motors that are like a like a hydraulic piston but they're electric so you can run them off a 12 volt battery but they will lift the weight of a bus. So they're very strong, um, yeah. noisy, um, but they're, they're low voltage. So it means that we can build a unit that has batteries and chargers inside it. And just by remote control, the whole boom will lift like that. And it it wow. makes it a little bit easier. Um, yeah. Uh, but unlike hydraulics or pneumatics, you don't risk losing pressure. So if you have a hydraulic piston and you spring a leak, it's going to drop back down because it's sprung a leak. Same with pneumatics. If you lose pressure, it will drop back down. These work on like a screw inside. So when it goes up, it can't drop back down until you turn it back the other way. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a nice, I think they're called linear actuators. Um, we, we have a robotics company that we work with a lot who are brilliant. Um, mm -hmm. And they're really good. Um, yeah, it's a lot of like engineer stuff, and you have to be smart in this. <laughs> uh, to a certain extent, yeah. There's a lot of principles of engineering and kind of problem solving. Um, on our, I think it's our Instagram, there's our Pegasus video. Um, you know, she was three or four months worth of work to get, get her working and functional, and everything is contained inside. So, you know, whilst normally when you're puppeteering a horse or something like that, you might have, you know, two or three people on the outside. Everything is contained within her. Yeah, she's she's on there. But oh, everything uh -huh. that drives her legs, her wings, um, her facial articulation, it's all motors inside the body, which was, yeah, it took it. it Took it took a time and I, I know what it is. It took like try and error and you, you yeah. just go for the... And it's part of what's nice about it is whilst we've done similar things before and we've gone, okay, well, this is how you make an iMac, this is how you do this. Every time you put it into something new, um, it, you're just like, okay, how, uh, how do we fit this inside that space? How do we power it? How do we control it? Um, yeah, it's part of the fun. Yes. <laughs> and I want to know, because we have also people who want to know the path. Like, what is the best path to become a puppeteer in your vision, in your opinion? Oh, there's so many paths. Um, I mean, I, I suppose I come, from a, I come from a very traditional theatrical background. Um, I was going to be a designer. I 
you know, I enjoy working with, you know, kind of paint and color and stuff. I'm not, I'm not a great artist. I, I can't draw to save my life, but I sculpturally, I enjoy sculpting a lot. Um, and I think for me as a maker, I come from a very hands-on, you know, kind of background. And my, my university degree was very, very, very hands-on. Um, and I spent the better part of three years in a workshop just making stuff constantly. Um, I couldn't help myself. Um, uh, I would be in there till midnight and I would be back in when we were allowed back in at 6 a.m. Uh, by my third year, I managed to get my my hands on my own key um, so I could go in any time of day or night. Um, like I, I loved it. And I think, you know, there is there are obviously lots of paths you can take if you want to be a traditional puppeteer. There are some great courses, especially in the UK, that are dedicated puppetry courses. Um, my only feeling with those is that they are a little bit of a cookie cutter um, and you produce puppeteers who work in a very similar way. Um, I think it's great when you get in a room and you go, oh, you've done TV puppetry, you've done arena puppetry, oh, and you've done a little bit of theatre and you, and you put all these slightly different skills together, you get something a bit more interesting in my opinion. Um, uh -huh. So... I, you know, there is a, there is a course out there in the UK that is very, we produce this type of puppeteer and that's mm -hmm. what we do. Um, and, you know, most of their graduates, you know, go into Warhorse because that's the logical step and they, they have great ties with that show and they train them for that and onwards they go. And it's all very similar in its style and taste. Mm -hmm. I love it when you have a mix of people in a room um, and you go, oh, you've, done something a bit like that oh a bit circusy oh a bit and you kind of pull it all together and you end up with something a bit more organic I guess I'm used to yeah. being in a in a in a room devising with people creating stuff as a group rather than you hire a puppeteer who arrives on a day and then they take it and run like it I like having puppeteers involved at an early stage I like that a lot of the people who I work with have been puppeteers um, or certainly have a knowledge of how to wear these kind of rigs and costumes and backpacks and stuff because it makes a huge difference to how you build it and how comfortable you can make it for someone yeah yeah uh, because if someone haven't touched anything he cannot understand the, the way challenge and the move and yeah um and we one of one of the guys who works for us um recently just came back off the final tour of walking with dinosaurs made as a mechanic restoring their stuff but I have a friend who's a puppeteer in that show. So I get both sides of it and I know what it's like to wear one of these you know, uh -huh. rigs that weigh 60 kilos on your back. And they're like, ah, oh, they're all right. As well as what a pain they are to maintain. Um, <laughs> like, and you try and, you try and balance all the things. You try and make things work between, okay, this is going to be comfortable, but you're going to get a bit more performance if we do that. And we kind of, we try and push yeah. that in and make people, I don't know, enjoy. Yeah, they, to keep it longer. Like the puppet have is lifetime too. So for sure you have to think it in the, the de development of the, the object. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it, you know, and it comes into everything that we do, especially when it comes to deciding how we're going to build something. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And do you have your own definition? Because I, I feel to ask this is really amazing. You ask a puppet here, what is your definition of a puppet? Like if a kid come to you and ask, like, what is a puppet? 
how you answer it. See, and it is a really broad area. <laughs> yeah. Um, really broad. Um, um, I, so I, I kind of define between puppetry and performance objects as uh -huh. two different things. Um, uh, a puppet is something that, in my opinion, has been designed and engineered to perform. So even if it is, I found four cardboard tubes and I've tied them together to make a little rudimentary person, that is a puppet. Whereas if you just pick up those four tubes between two people and make a person, that's a performance object. Mm -hmm. so, so you have, there is, I think with a puppet, there has been a willingful design choice somewhere in the process. And it could be, I stuck a stick on the back of it. I've done this and I've kind of twisted it and I've stuck something on there. I think that, um, that makes quite a bit that's yeah that's that's my definition i'm going with that yeah because it's the props and sometimes it, it's hard to to like to have a proper definition or to diversify what is a puppet i i'm glad you you have your own and it's great it's building the definition because everyone have seems to have his own and i think no, it's, it's and it is, i think you know i've i've done a lot of um i i teach um i teach at a university in wales um and part of what I work and talk to the actors about is that you you literally, all you need is a couple of ping pong balls and you can make a symbol of a person. And that's an object, that's object performance as opposed to puppetry, which is, you know, here's something, it has a mouth or it has, you know, uh -huh. thing that allows you to call it a puppet. That That's, that's my official answer, I'm going with that. I'm going yeah. With that. And and as a, a director of a, a company, like you have your own company, do you have like a big purpose for the future? Because I, I always ask if the puppetry art is in an ascension or is getting less popular. Like, what is your vision for the future? So it's it's weird. Um, puppetry has kind of gone like that at the moment, and it's kind of settled. The last couple of years, it's settled around a kind of sensible place. Um, where people aren't just doing puppetry for the sake of puppetry. Um, you know, there was a point about nine years ago where people were like, let's put a puppet in it. And it was like, does it really need to be a puppet? Could, no, oh, okay, all right, we'll put a puppet in. Um, and you do that and that's fine, that's great. And, you know, um, and it is, it is a popular medium at the moment, I think for us in terms of what we do and what we want to create. Um, it's always about doing the biggest, coolest thing. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a real boy answer and I apologize. We started off really philosophical at the front end of this and now we're-, we're <laughs> It's funny, it's, it's perfect. Um, like I, I love a challenge. Um, and if someone comes to me and says, can you do this? Um, uh, you know, can it be done? The answer is probably, and the answer is how do we then take 